Good evening. Welcome to Conversations with Crystal. I am your hostess, Crystal, and this week I have another amazing guest for you, and his name is George Regardos. Hi, George. How are you today? I'm very well, Crystal. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I know your time is precious. Oh, more than welcome to lend my time to uh, to uh, converse with Crystal. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you so much. Now, George, I've got to tell you and the listeners, you have to be one of the most fantastic guitarists I've ever heard. Oh, well, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm, I, I really, I don't really consider myself that great. I'm, I'm okay. You know, I've been doing it a while. I should be okay at it. But, um, you know, I feel as if I'm improving every day. I'm getting, getting better at it. You know, I'll keep playing probably till the day I die. And, but, um, yeah, well, I have I, been doing it a so. while. <laughs> I have been yeah. doing it since I was seven, so... I'd hope seven. Was, yeah, I started when I was seven, and in fact, my earliest memory is probably when I was about four years of age, and I had a, a ukulele given to me for either I think it was a birthday gift, and because it was a crappy toy ukulele, it just mm. wouldn't stay in tune. I remember being quite upset by it because oh. I wanted to play music <laughs> on it. And he kept ruining my dreams because he kept going out of tune. It was like, damn, this thing's crap. I need to get myself a better ukulele. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so when, when do you reckon you got your first guitar? Like, Oh, it was seven. Well, was it, or oh, was it another another ukulele? No, no. It was, I hassled, I hassled my, my parents so much and they saw me jumping up and down on the bed, you know, um, playing, you know, singing along and pretending to play guitar on a tennis racket and stuff by the age of six and stuff. So by seven, they they capitulated and they gave me a guitar. They uh, gave me just a nylon string. I think it was about a three-quarter size nylon string classical guitar. But, mm-hmm. of course, you know, they also had to give me lessons, so, <laughs> which <laughs> wasn't too bad at first, but then it became a bit of a grind. But, you know, I did learn how to read the dots and all of that and et cetera. And, and, and it was great. It was very difficult at first, a lot more difficult than I expected. And a lot of people don't appreciate how difficult it is to start learning. But once you overcome no. that, once you overcome that initial hump, like I remember putting, because it really, you know, if your fingers aren't used to it and you don't have these little calluses that you develop, you, mm. you re- it really does hurt after a while your fingers it hurts you you know with your fretting hand and as a kid mm. i remember like that's okay i'll just put band-aids on but, of course, oh. that's, but no it doesn't work <laughs> it's just ridiculous they get in the way oh, it's just don't try <laughs> just yeah. uh, and, but eventually you know you, you build up those calluses and 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 you don't feel it as much and once you get over that initial hump and you start building some finger memory it just felt i don't know like an extension of who i was um, yeah, just a natural thing for you. Yeah, it does. It feels very natural to play most stringed instruments, actually, not just guitar. I've, I've ventured out now in the last little, you know, decade or more into other stringed instruments with bass guitar and banjo, lap steel, ukulele. Went back to the ukulele. <laughs> um, whole bunch <laughs> nice. of baritone guitars, whole bunch of other things because 
it's basically the same sort of technique and the you know once you understand it is. once it you is. understand how the way the music sort of works you can apply that to most instruments absolutely all instruments absolutely yeah yeah so yeah i had a, I... I had a love for music and and it sort of like manifested itself in the the, the stringed instruments i suppose because maybe because it was you know, my mother really loved Elvis Presley, perhaps. Oh, <laughs> and I she couldn't, she couldn't love anybody better. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. You know, and I always remember, you know, he, you know, had the guitar slung over. You know, back then I was a kid, I thought he was actually, you know, the guitarist. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, not like now, I realise, yeah. But then again. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it was your mum's love of Elvis, you think, and the music being played around the house. Were mm. your parents uh, musical, like, sing or play any instruments? No, no. Neither of them actually played any instruments, but they were both keen lovers of music. Um, my father loved his Greek folk music and classical music, so I was exposed to a lot of that as well, and I love that as well, still do. Um, mm-hmm. My mother also loved like the Everly Brothers and um, the Bee Gees and all of that stuff that was pretty popular at the time. And yeah. and I listen. I remember just you know some of my peak musical experiences were like sitting down in front of the in front of the stereo, the Technics quadraphonic sound system that my father had. It was so beautiful, valve sounding amp, and, and oh, I just plug wow. yeah, and I just plug these headphones in and put these vinyl records on one after the other and just be lost in these worlds. It was wow. fantastic, yeah, phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. So, would you say who would you say then in bands and or artists? back then when you were really quite young mm. who who really got your blood flowing well yeah i suppose initially um my very earliest recollections of music that really uh, interested me was elvis obviously that that early rock and roll sound was was very exciting you know mm. um I, but I also really did enjoy the harmonies um, of the Everly Brothers and their incredible song structures and just, you know, the, the vocal harmonies that they had were just phenomenal and some very, yeah. very catchy songs. But also, of course, I was, uh, you know, I, I was exposed to a lot of Greek folk music, a lot of um, the Greek, what's called the Greek blues or embetica and, and a lot of other styles of, and a lot of buzuki. <laughs> Buzuki, so mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of that sort of um, that string. So I have played a bit of buzuki, but geez, that's. that's I was going to ask you that. Yeah, I have yeah. played. Uh, yeah, I actually am trying to get my hands on one. But and funny enough, you can. I have borrowed one from the Ashfield Library. They have an instrument library that you can borrow from if you're part of the Inner West I Library. I did that's, not that's, know that. Yeah, your your listeners may need to check that out if they're in the Inner West. I think so. Yeah. yeah, and they have some really great instruments. They have a tenor guitar, they have normal guitars, obviously ukuleles, a whole bunch of um, other like there's um, some world music instruments, like there's some um, Chinese instruments that I've borrowed. There's a big one, four stringed instrument called a ruan, R U A N. They've got yeah, one that's like a that. bass one. It's like huge, and I've recorded mm. with that. It's fantastic. But yeah, wow. um, yeah, the world, the world of music, it's never ending, right? Uh, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. I think that's really exciting that a library has instruments isn't to lend it? out. Absolutely. I think that that's um, that's fantastic, isn't it? Absolutely. And and I've, I, I've I mention it to people, and they're like, 
they, they go, I've never heard of it. It's like, yeah, right. I think more people, you know, it's something that it should be, you know, um, definitely letting people know maybe they'll access it and because like music music is for the people you know it's not something you know i know that music has been devalued on in the in the marketplace etc with the the streaming services etc but mm. really the whole point of music is to connect people absolutely and and there's no better way than doing that now than doing it live and playing music oh you know what? Isn't it just the best thing? Oh, it is. It is. You know, the communities the communities sprout up around music. You know, movements, political or otherwise. You know, cultural movements. All of these things. There's always music that accompanies that. You know, whether yeah. it actually inspires it or whether it accompanies it, it. You know, it's always the thing. And you know, a lot of, you know, it's really funny now with the whole social media game that you know a lot of people. You know, uh, musicians shouldn't be political. Music and politics shouldn't be mixed, etc. It's like, what are you talking about? Music is politics. Uh, yeah. Of it is all <laughs> That's art. a very good all point. Art, all art is political. Of course it is. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, and if it isn't, well, then it's not really art. It's pop, you know. And I, you, know, you could say, yes. well, you know, Andy Warhol really exploited that with his pop art movement. And then I guess, well, yeah, he showed that, yeah, you could create art that is meaningless, but... What's the point? Yeah. What's the point exactly? <laughs> yeah. So now what was the name of that uh, library again, George? So Ashfield Library. Oh, uh, good. So the listeners can yeah. go down there and have a look. Have you ever played an oud? An oud? No, I haven't. No, I have been keen. They, they, they are fretless. And oh. Yeah, they, they're fretless. And there's different types. There's sort of like there's the Egyptian oud who um, there's a very good Australian um Oud player called Joseph Tawadros, who you may have heard of. I have, yes. Yeah, and Joseph's fantastic. But yeah, um, but yeah, I haven't had my, haven't had a chance to to get my hands on an oud, but I'd love to. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a different technique again. That whole fretless. I play some fretless instruments in the sense, well, slide guitar and lap steel, yep. uh, yeah. and I actually have my. Um, my 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 drummer friend uh, Ed Ed Rodriguez, shout out to him. He he, he gave me a fretless guitar, an electric fretless oh. guitar, and I've got it, and it's oh, it's great. But geez, you know, it's, I was gonna. How hard is it to like? Oh, fretless instruments are very difficult because of the whole intonation. You, you all those frets that are on a guitar, on a bass guitar or a guitar, they they basically are doing the work for a guitarist in a sense. That they're, <laughs> yeah. they're the actual pitched notes, right? All you have to do mm, is put your mm. finger behind them and that's where the, the string or the note will be. But with a mm. fretless, any fretless instruments, whether it's a fretless bass or fretless guitar, if you move your finger a millimetre, then you've changed that note. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yes. And that's the intonation of the note and, that, and that's why violinists, any, any fretless instrument, they need to be able to hear themselves so they can hear that they're nailing those notes. And and the ones I've heard are, do it so well. They do, and it's and it's, it's this like, once how do you again. Do that? It's just practice. There's no yeah. other. You know, a lot of people come up to me and they they I don't know. And I guess we all want to find that secret back door or that secret answer that saves us the hassle of doing ten thousand hours of practice. But <laughs> we really do. There is so, no George, shortcut. what is what is your secret? What was your shortcut? Or oh, there wasn't one. There you just played and, the, played and played and played. The secret is just love it so much that you don't yes. realise how much you're doing it. 
Yeah. yeah. But at yeah. the same time, be careful that you take breaks so you don't hurt yourself because yeah, you can really yeah. injure yourself by like just being in a position for really long times, extended period of periods of times, and you may end up like really damaging something. I know. Oh yeah, especially you get older, your wrist. To happen more. <laughs> especially your wrist, I suppose, because if it's not at the right wrist, angle, wrist and shoulders. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I tend to suffer uh, problems with my rotator cuff. So oh, for me, it's the shoulder. You and me both. Yeah, so for me, it's the shoulder I need to be careful of. But yeah, everyone's yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, be careful of that. Yeah. So when you were uh, young, so you got your first guitar at about, what, six? Seven, now, was yeah. it a good yeah, six, seven. seven? Was it a, a good guitar or just a... Oh, no, no, no Did no. your parents know? I was going to say they probably really wouldn't have known a quality no, instrument because yeah. most people don't. Well, no, they, they just would, you know, it, I was seven years old, you know, I, I've got kids of my own and you know, yep. going out and buying, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, even a $500 decent guitar wasn't really what they were going to do. They just bought me a beginner guitar, a student guitar. I'm not sure yeah, how right. much it cost and that, but it was a present and I was thrilled. I was absolutely oh, I overjoyed. Bet. Couldn't get enough of it. And and oh. then, yeah, I would, I'd drag it in, into the toilet, into the bathroom because <laughs> the natural reverb in the bathroom <laughs> made it sound better. And I was just like, just, oh, my wow. parents like, what are you doing in there? It's like, oh, I'm not a teenager yet. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Good guitar one. with me. All right. <laughs> so can you remember the brand name of that guitar and no, do you no, still I, have it? No, I do not have it. I have no idea where it's ended up. I don't know. But my first electric guitar, I do remember what brand name that was. Yeah, yeah. And, and I do know where that ended up, though I don't know where it currently is. But maybe probably by the age of nine, they could see that I was very serious about playing guitar and really and I kept hassling them about no you please can you get me an electric guitar electric guitar electric guitar and then my mm-hmm. father my, you know my mother had enough of me you know nagging her so, so she went <laughs> on my father we went up to his um he had a service station up in Marrickville here and I remember it to this day he went to the cash register and he pulled out two hundred dollars <laughs> <gasps> Back in 1979, I guess, you know, a bit of money. And I was like, oh, I oh, couldn't believe it. I hadn't heard of that much money coming here. Wow. $200. Yeah, wow. And then we went down to, there was a, uh, a music shop, music store down in uh, on the highway, Princess Highway in Rockdale called Lombardo's, owned by the Lombardo family, I believe. No longer, no longer there. No, no. no longer there. No but longer my there. But my dad. car. Oh, they're selling yes. cars there now, I think, yeah. Yeah. Volvo dealership bought... or something. <laughs> Probably <laughs> My Volvo. dad bought me a flute from there. Really? They, when, they... I, when I was in school, yeah. There you go. So we went in there and sure enough, these guys just were like, all right, yep. beginner guitar, you've only got 200 bucks. We're not going to give you. You're, you're obviously not in the league for a Fender or a Gibson, that's for sure. Uh... So what they did, they pulled down a, a Strat copy. And I, mm-hmm. I was just like, as soon as I saw it, I loved it, you know. But it, it was a pretty crappy, <laughs> crappy <laughs> copy. It uh, was called an Easy Rider. Okay. Easy Never heard of that one, rider. no. The, the neck didn't even have a truss rod in it. It had, instead of like a five-way pickup switch selector, it had like three two-way switches for each individual pickup. Oh, anyway, it was a piece of 
crap but um and it was made of pine or something anyway it was really dodgy but i didn't care it was my first electric guitar and i loved it and you loved it absolutely loved it and it wasn't until i was a teenager and ended up getting better guitars that i passed it on to a friend of mine terry zolvia who um uh was interested in playing guitar and stuff and i'd been teaching him some stuff was just like jamming with him occasionally and i just gave it to him he was just like oh wow really he was like yeah man here you go and i asked him maybe a couple of years ago when i saw him like terry have you still got the easy run he goes oh no man i think i got rid of that when i moved from such and such but yeah oh yeah i know i I, I don't know i could only imagine what the frets would have looked like oh yeah i didn't i I you would have worn them right down i reckon i have photographs of it somewhere you know, my yeah. mother does, I guess. You know, oh. because I was playing, like, I, I remember playing it in, um, so way back, you've heard of Lazy Bones, obviously, in Marathon. Of course, yeah. So yeah. way back before Lazy Bones was Lazy Bones, it actually used to be a Greek taverna way back. <laughs> Did it really? And, yeah, in the late 70s mm. and early 80s. I can't remember what the taverna was called, but it was right there. And I remember mm-hmm. going up there, my father loved going to, and they had a bazooka. And my uh, guitar teacher, he was a, you know, an Australian Greek man who played guitar in the house band at this taverna that is in the location that is now Lazy Bone. So we would uh-huh. go down there and he would get me up as a nine-year-old <gasps> and I would jam oh. with the house band. No way. Yeah, yes. <laughs> How good must you have felt? You must have felt oh, like 10 foot tall, it was, man. It was amazing. And just like as a nine-year-old getting up there in a whole, in front of a whole bunch of, you know, Greek Australians who are getting drunk on Red Cena and Uzo and stuff. <laughs> and they've been like <laughs> dancing along to all this Rembetica and stuff. And I get up there and I do like this rock and roll stuff on electric guitar. <laughs> And like I do, like, and he was in, he'd encourage me, like my guitar teacher would encourage me to like slide down on my knees and everything when I would solo. Oh. <laughs> and I had this really now, bright, and I had this really bright red 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 shirt with like white um, uh, collar tips and everything else. Oh, how cool! Oh, God, it was hilarious. Yeah. I bet you couldn't slide on your knees these days, George. No, no. I, well, if I, did, I, I know get I can't. Back. I wouldn't get. Back. <laughs> that the last time I did it. I could do it once. <laughs> That'd be it then, Thank wouldn't you. it? Thank you. Oh dear. So, um, so you did like first, uh, playing with other people was nine years old. Yeah. That's that, just incredible. That was the first time I got up on stage and played, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. And I think then it, it prob- the bug probably bit and you were like, I'm oh, going to do yeah. this for the Look, rest of my life. I, I, I'm a firm believer that in order to properly be bitten by the bug and in order to kind of really be inspired to want to learn an instrument, a musical instrument, um, you need to have a peak musical experience. Yeah, and definitely. I believe I believe I had several of them. I had I believe like early on, I had a peak musical experience listening to the music that I was surrounded by. Because as a youngster, you you really you have no filter, so you express mm. your emotions incredibly, and you take it all in. And then later on, listening to the music in the headphones, and then having my but then that first occasion where yeah, where you first get that that 
applause and stuff it, it's it's quite a a peak experience in itself that sort of like shatters everything that you've previously gone through <laughs> it is absolutely and isn't it, it? And, to, and to know that everybody's clapping for you they're all cheering for you and it yeah and it's sort and of I, addictive and you need to be careful that it doesn't sort of like conjure up the old ego trap of like you yeah. know thinking that somehow you've got some sort of special gift or anything and so humility well, is, is is a large part of the learning process yeah absolutely yeah well well george um i could safely say that the ego hasn't got you you're the most humblest person i've just about ever met i reckon oh, you're very and good. your your talent is just so exceptional you know when i first saw you down at um ball face stag you go there for the blues music right and then yeah. you got up and I just went my head just like nearly whiplashed and I went who is this what is that he's playing oh my god I'm sorry I'm sorry if I hurt you I <laughs> 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 really didn't want to send you to send no you it, to it was in a good way and oh, I just okay. thought I've never heard like of course we all hear Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jeff Beck, right? But oh, yeah. you're yeah. different and better again than them, you know, it's in a, my it's a, opinion. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, this um, being able to find your voice in music, I think, is key. Because um, I think, especially for guitarists in the blues genre, um, like I, I can rattle off at least half a dozen names. Here we go, Ray Beadle. Adam Pringle, oh. Simon Kenny Lewis, um, oh. Matt Ross, uh, all PJ O'Brien, all of these, uh, our, you know, my peers, we uh, we all went through that stage of like playing the Steve Ray Vaughan stuff and yeah. wanting to learn that stuff and obviously playing a bit, sounding a bit like him, you know. Mm-hmm. And part of the problem with that is you're not really like it's part of the learning that you need to do to understand that language that stevie language but if all you do is get stuck there you never really move on as an artist you're really just a clone of someone that you're never going to fully be right and like well no nobody could be no one could be like like like, like the closest i've seen was ray beetle many years ago did a um basement gig uh, where it was a Steve Ray Vaughan special. He was like, nah, okay, this is the only people keep asking me to do this. And he did nothing but Steve Ray Vaughan songs. And he did them just as close as he could to as, as what he would consider Steve Ray Vaughan. And, but Ray's wow. the only guy. Yeah, Ray's the only guy that could do that. And he did it so well. And, you know, and mm-hmm. it was an homage to, to Stevie. And like the closest, you know, we're going to get to seeing him live, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. so, well. yeah. But yeah, you know, uh, like, you know, Ray. You know, Ray now is, you know, he can play all of that stuff, but he, he's more than that. Just like Adam. Yeah. Adam's now more than just Steve Ray Vaughan. So Simon, Kenny Lewis, all of these players. And, and I, I like to think that I've moved on from that and they've come up well, with my own sound or my own voice. Well, you have to grow as a musician, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, you can't, um, you can't, you've got to stay kind of current regardless of the um, genre of music that you're playing, you've got to stay always improving and always, because always. if you bring out a record, a uh, record, an yeah. EP. Yeah, any music, yeah. <clears throat> any music that you bring out and it's just the same old, same old, well, then you, you know, people will buy it because they love you, but 
um, it's not reaching the masses more because you're not improving. Well, so you I, need yeah. to Im- you I need to keep end, improving. Just to satisfy satisfy your own self. Or for me, I, I I'd like to feel that every time I'm putting more music out there, or every time I'm trying to go out there and play, even in a live situation, I'm trying to play better than the last time. You know. Yeah. And and well, I know that de- can be a, a trap in itself. This uh, having any expectations, and that's a whole another another discussion, yeah. I guess. You know. Yeah. Uh, but but overall, you know, you, you, <clears throat> the trick is to try and say something new. Yeah, absolutely. If all you're doing is saying it- the same thing over and over and over again, eventually, you know, people are going to stop listening. Yeah, well, and you get bored as well. Absolutely, that's right. Yeah, you know, but uh, there's definitely there's a few players that I know, and you can be outside of a venue and you hear playing, and you're like, "Yep, I know that that's George, or I know that that's Simon Kenny Lewis, I know that that's PJ," you know, and yeah. I know that that's Robbie. And you know, because you all a, have your own a, voice. Yeah, and that's a great compliment to to be a you know. Like just like uh, I, we most of us can listen to like one bar or one note of Derry Trucks and go, oh wow, that's Derry Trucks, or wow, that's BB yeah. King, right? Oh yes, and that's yeah. that's that's sort of like for me, that's what you want, so that people can just automatically recognise your voice, and if your guitar is your instrument, that's your voice, just like yeah. you know, you hear Ellis Fitzgerald, you recognise her voice immediately, Melody Gardot, mm. whatever, all of these very recognisable voices, and it's the mm. same with any instrument that you play, uh, and it may not be the tonal sound; it's to do with choice of notes, yes. you know, timing, attack, yes, a whole bunch of other yes. things, dynamics, yeah. yeah. And subtlety too. Absolutely. The nuances is where it's at. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. so too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I had a, a question on the tip of my tongue and, you know, it's just flown right away. That's okay. Um, we'll come back. <laughs> I think sure. we might go back to from playing um, at nine years old to uh, your community. Mm. Uh, where did you go from there? Oh, so, <clears throat> so I progressed to high school. So, of course, high school was rather difficult <laughs> as it is for yeah. most teenagers but um because there's a lot of peer pressure and you want to fit in you mm-hmm. know? and so of course you know um i i suppose i was bringing in a lot of music that my peers at the time would have considered to be uncool <laughs> you oh. know so <laughs> yeah so it's sort of like oh you know while i was enjoying like going through my period of enjoying acdc and deep purple and hendrix and the Allman brothers band and clapton you know old man music mm-hmm. i guess maybe <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, and like, my peers are listening to punk and Radio Birdman and, you know, The Saints and all Oh, that. I know what I'd rather listen to. Like, and, and, <laughs> look, don't get me wrong, I, 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 I force myself to listen to it and to this day I still like that music. I don't listen to it often. And, and like, mm-hmm. The Saints, I love The Saints. I actually was lucky enough to meet Chris Bailey years ago in the Netherlands and lovely yeah, man. Cool. You know, I got to jam. Yeah. I'm giant, we, we stayed up all night we, with his Swedish wife and we we jammed away on ukuleles till the morning. It was great. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, isn't it crazy? I, th- oh, yeah. Crazy Have you done, done much uh, overseas travel? We'll get get back to that question in a minute. <laughs> we didn't finish. But yeah. um, just while I think of it. Now, yeah. have you done much overseas travel where you've played, uh, gone over there to play guitar or you've just gone for a holiday or whatever and kind of, been drawn in and ended up playing anyway well i i've done both (laughs) 
I, I've, uh, I, I have done the, the going over there and doing, the, doing some touring. Um, and I've also gone over there just to, um, just, you know, to have a holiday and ended up buying a guitar and then going around and sitting in and jams or even doing some gigs. So, oh, you know, that's fantastic. That, that, you know, that, that, that's pretty easy to do if you know where to go and speak to the right people is, is because most, most musical communities are very um, inclusive and inviting and hospitable. You know, they're, they're not, they're, they are, it's all about love in a way, you know, music, Absolutely. music is love. Right, so musical yeah. communities are all about positive energy and that love of like giving. So therefore, you know, I was lucky enough to do some gigs in Clarksdale the last time I was there in 2016 oh, cool. with yeah. um, some local musicians that were fantastic. Um, Lee Andrew Williams Jr. is a fantastic drummer, and Heather Cross was the bass player and singer. We played at um, at the probably the most iconic venue in Clarksdale, which is. Um, Ground Zero Blues Club, which is co-owned by uh, Morgan Freeman. That sounds like a really cool place. Oh, it's fantastic! It's just such a such a it's a it, yeah. I I can't even begin to describe. It. It's just a place you best best to be visited to kind of an experience. And, I think and, that's on my list. <laughs> yeah, that Clarksdale is great. There's also Levon's, is which is owned by Naomi King, who she used to co-own Van, the Vanguard. She's over there now in Clarksdale. So uh-huh. um, Levon's is another place that I played in as well um, over there in Clarksdale. Clarksdale is a great little blues community. Not a very, oh. you know, a bit of an impoverished town, but, geez, they love their blues. They have the Duke Joint yeah. Festival. So I, I was there in 2016 and was fortunate enough to be there for the Duke Joint Festival. Got to see Chris Tone <laughs> Kingfish when he was still only 19 oh or 18. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Met Isn't him. Isn't he a freak? Oh, he's such a sweetheart and he's the most softly spoken guy. Yeah, <laughs> sweetheart, so, oh, so gorgeous, and yeah, and that Duke Joint Festival was just magic. I also managed to go up to Memphis for the Blues Awards. Oh. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's just, and and funnily enough, the only reason I got to go to those Blues Awards because of the people that I was hanging out with, Heather and Andrew, um, Lee Andrew, I should say, uh, Lee, we they uh, down in Clarksdale, they kind of rang me up, they're like. Man, are you still in Memphis? Because I've gone up to Memphis. And then, and then I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, we've got a spare ticket for the Blues Awards. Are you interested? I was like, yes. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. So they kind of like got me a pass into the Blues Awards. And like, it was just, you know, just couldn't believe surreal. it. Yeah, I it could very, imagine it'd be just really, quite surreal. It was. It really was. Plus that, that trip was just incredible because I also managed to go down to New Orleans for uh, oh. for the jazz fest, the jazz and heritage uh, festival, which I'd never been to before, which I was just like I'd like I'd been to New Orleans before, but not during the festival. And oh my lord, it just <laughs> I it's, it was like Went um, off. it was like it was it was like the pilgrimage to Mecca. Oh and, wow! And it, for all musicians, I really really recommend going to you know. You know what is it? The Hajj is that what they call it in, in in Islam? It really is like you know, go to Jazz Fest in New Orleans during Jazz Fest because and go there for the whole fortnight, and oh, you'll wow. see it's just 
you open up the gig guide and you just uh, spoil for choice. You are almost like paralyzed by choice. Just like, oh, wow. wow, who should I see? Oh, Stevie Wonder's playing there. But there's, all, you know, oh, shall I go see George <laughs> Porter Jr.? Oh, or should I go see? Oh, there's just so many options. And it's, you get woken up to the sound of marching bands because it's really, oh. oh, it's horns and trumpets and, and drums and piano. It's that sort oh. of a town. And it sounds like heaven. It, it really, really does. Is, uh, I really recommend it for everyone. Yeah. Oh, so, so, George, how do you find, because that's so massive what you're telling us, compared to the Australian Blues Fest and oh, I don't, maybe shouldn't say compared to, but oh, well, when you look yeah. at Blues Fest and, uh, you know, the festival down at Goulburn and... Mm all the other music festivals around Australia, which I'm sure you've been to many of. Yeah. How would you say, because we're such a laid-back lot of people. Mm. Um, well, to, to give you some, it's, a, it's, a, it's scale, firstly. <laughs> There's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's like um, even Byron, or it's not even Byron anymore, is it? But Peter Noble's um, Blues Fest, which I've been to mm. several times and I've, I went for 10 years running when it was at Red Devil Park, saw some of the best bands. I saw Bella Fleck and the Flectones. I saw uh, Government Mule. I saw so, so many great acts that I would, never would have otherwise. But now it's yep. further up the road, probably closer to Mullum um, Bimby, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. In any case, it's a dedicated ground. And I haven't been there recently, but I've heard it's a really fantastic site. Now, put it put it this way, you did, I I haven't played there in years. I haven't, you know, it's been a long time since they've, you know, kind of like gone down to that bottom, that that, that low, that far. That, like Ray plays there quite a bit. And it's sort yes, of like yeah. if you're a bit lower than Ray, like Clayton as well, Clayton Dolly. Yeah, it's sort yeah. of like getting down beneath that. There's not many, there's not enough pull for the for the show, I guess, you know, they want, oh, they want okay, bigger yeah. names now. They, you know, if you look at the lineup, it's, they still, Peter still puts in some blues acts and that's great, you know, and I'm so glad that he still puts Ray Beat on that in, but it'd be great if he also put in some of the younger blues acts that are coming up, like the New South Trio or uh, Chloe, Chloe Kay and the Chloe Crusade. Kay. Yeah, you know, yep, just, yeah, 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 just yeah. get something, you know, the only way they're going to get a following is by, getting them in front of a bigger bigger audience, right? Absolutely. And, and that, you know, that's part of um, why I started the podcast too because I thought we have all these talented musicians mm -hmm. that you never hear on a radio station, that you never hear, never hear anybody of, yeah. talking about. And it's yeah. just like, why not? We're just so spoilt for talent. Why aren't our acts bigger? It's true. And, 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 you know? and this is where we get to what is special about New Orleans. And yeah, it comes right. down to one thing is, once again, they have a sense of community. Yeah, the right. whole, like, um, out of, like, I've been to quite a few musical cities in the States. Um, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, I haven't been to Berlin. I know here that there's a great scene in Berlin currently and other places in Europe. But that's because we're talking about the blues. I'm going to mm -hmm. <laughs> talk about mainly U.S. cities. But I've been to Austin in Texas. Yep. Fantastic live music. Also, right. I've been to Chicago. I've been to New York City. Uh, I, I haven't been to Nashville, but I've heard things about Nashville. And I have been to LA and San Fran, etc. But New Orleans, out of all of those cities, has one thing that none of them do, is yeah. they have a history yes. that basically says, we invented jazz. 
Yeah, and they right. Did. They did. That's the birthplace of jazz. That's where Louis yeah. Armstrong was born. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it was, yeah. and it was basically the confluence of many, many cultures. Right? You had the French, you had the uh, the Creole, you had uh, obviously the 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 American Indian, um, and we also had you know the the African Americans. That all of these, you know, they created the gumbo which was yeah. these incredible amount of styles. So they ended up coming up with, you know, you've got Cajun, you've got, yep. yeah, you know, the amount of genres out of such a small area. You've got swamp yeah. blues. You've got, oh, yeah. you know, you've got funk blues, you know, all the meters stuff. You've got that Professor Longhair, you know, New Orleans funk. You've got mm-hmm. all of these other styles. You've got, uh, and then you can cut across to all the the big band stuff, you know. Yeah. They 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 basically just kept on creating music. A and how good music. is that? How good is that? And that's what their whole lifeblood has been. They realised mm-hmm. their culture was always tied to music, community, yep. and food, yep. and that's what they <laughs> yeah. do really really well. They have and it's food. a it's out a of winning all the places in America. That's the place you want to go and eat. <laughs> <laughs> some of the best food in America. They get food because of the French influence, right? Yes, of course. They yes. really get food. You know? Oh, wow. And, they, have, and they, they are proud of their food and they're proud of their music and the heritage. Yeah, and the and, heritage. And Yes, yep. absolutely. And if you've – have you heard, you may have watched this, but Treme, the, the, there was a TV series on H, HBO – Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it called Treme, T-R-E-M-E? It's a suburb. I have, of, yes. Yeah, and yep. it has like, oh, it's it's four seasons, highly recommended viewing. Fantastic. John right. Goodman's in it, so many great, but really there's some real musicians in it. Doc, um, Dr. John's oh, in it. Cool. John Cleary's yep. in it. Trombone Shorty's in it. Yeah, yeah, check that out. Yep. That is That gives wow. you a great insight and will inspire you to go to New Orleans. I think you yeah. you have inspired me. I was already inspired, but I oh, think yeah. you've just taken that to yeah. another level. But you've George. got the second lines, all these second lines that are free that you can just just tag along to. These second lines that are just wow. people dance along to, and then and we haven't even touched on Mardi Gras. <laughs> no, yeah. they're but big on that this, there as well. All of this underpinned by all the people there who go to gigs, all the people there go to the second lines, all of them go to festivals. They don't just go mm. to the big acts coming in. They go yeah. and support all their local acts. They go to the Maple Leaf Bar. You know, they don't they don't just go to the the big the big, you know, the Lead Billy, the big um barns and stuff. They go to the small bars. They go to Frenchman Street where all the other ones are, like the Spotted Cat and all the other DBAs and all because out of all the musical cities in the US, they, they, I think it's only a one mile in a one mile one mile diameter. Well no mm-hmm. diameter. It's even smaller. You have the biggest collection of music musical venues you have in the world. Like I just cannot wow. see. I just, like you can like just Frenchman's. There's a there's a street down in Frenchman's, like nowhere near Bourbon Street, but that's where <laughs> you get the real taste of like just in the space of two blocks. There, there's probably like twenty bars, and and all of them have at least. You know, two vent, you know, two stages or one stage that will have five acts on it. Wow. Yeah. So wow. they'll start the music, say, 
uh, in the afternoon. So there'll be one band and then there'll be an early evening show. Then there'll be a late evening show and then there'll be a late, late show that they'll finish up at 5 a.m. Oh, wow. Yeah, they'll go to 5 a.m. <laughs> That's some music. Yeah, we, so we really need to step our game up, us oh, Australians, really don't we? Do. And, and the other thing that they have is a very, very strong uh, community radio, um, WWOZ. Mm -hmm. is their local, it's just community run, all volunteers, and it's some of the best radio you'll ever hear. And what was it again? W-W-O-Z or Z, we say, but they say O-Z. I think it's nine. (laughs) Anyway, you can look it up online and listen to them online. And oh, I think I'm going is, to do that. Yeah, 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 have a listen. It's really, it's, it, and you can, every now and then they'll put the gig guide on and the gig guide, seriously, you listen to it, it goes for 10 minutes. Oh, wow. The gig guide, yeah, they'll say, okay, here's the gig guide coming up for the next, you know, for this week and it will go for 10 minutes. Wow, yeah. wow, isn't that fantastic? Yeah, and this is like New Orleans. It's not a, it, like Sydney's like, what, probably three times its population. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. not like I'm not sure what New Orleans, but you know, what are we? Six million or something? I'm not sure what New Orleans. Something is. horrific. Yeah, but yeah. You know, <laughs> like New Orleans is a lot smaller. You know, and yeah. that and in that concentration is just some of the best musicians in the world. Oh, I would expect. absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really keen to go there. Oh, now. please Thanks. do, Rob. Thank you for that. Anyone that loves music <laughs> should definitely have a trip down there. Yeah, definitely. I I I am keen for that as. All right, now I'm going to go back to um so you've done your when you were 9, when yep. you were 15 you did uh when you were high in school high school. And had to come did you have a band in did, did you have a band in high school? Yes, yes, yes. I did. I did. I formed a band and it was a pretty bad name. We called ourselves Pandemonium. <laughs> Pandemonium. Pandemonium. <laughs> I like that name. Yeah, but um, it, it just con- conjures up thoughts of this is going to be kind of all over the joint. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Not really what you should be trying to no. project. No. you should be trying to project. <laughs> but who knows? You know, you're a re- I was a rebelling teenager back then wearing a, wearing a you know, black leather jacket. <laughs> Really? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, yeah, and I, you know, I used to play a Strat through a, and I used to play loud, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we did a couple of gigs, you know, mainly just birthday parties and stuff like that in scout halls. And it was fun. I really enjoyed it. But, yeah, you know, and from there? And then after that, um, I sort of, like, got lost and stopped really pursuing music because I had to focus on my HSC and, work out what I was going to do with my life. And I fell into the trap of going to the corporate world. But when I snapped aye, out aye. of that, when I snapped out <laughs> of that, I, I ended up um, falling in with, um, well, actually I found the first real big shift to me musically was when I heard Stevie Ray Vaughan for yeah, the right. first time. And I was mm-hmm. probably 16. And that mm-hmm. changed everything for me because back then most of my, I don't know, pursuits of like, you know, trying to become more musically dexterous was like listening to a lot of Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen and all of those shredders, et cetera. And then mm-hmm. I heard Stevie Ray Vaughan and all of a sudden it was just like, oh, no, 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 this, this, this is where I need yeah. to go. And yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan opened the door for me to, like, examine all the kings and and 
Hubert Sumlin and all the other cats and, and, and all of that and really dig into the history of the blues a lot more. Yeah. And so and that just that changed everything for me. And then so therefore I found myself going to a lot more jams at the mm-hmm, time. And mm-hmm. it was at one of these jams at the Forest Inn of all places down in down in Bexley. <laughs> the Forest Inn. Down, down the Forest Bexley, Inn? yeah. Yeah, remember the Forest Inn is still there. Um <laughs> And Michelle Vandermeer was there singing and oh, I got up and had a jam with her. And, uh, and then the very next day, her then bass player, um, he rang me up and he said, hey, um, Michelle was wondering if you'd like to play guitar in her band. And I was just like, yeah, sure, why not? And then that was it. Too cool. So that was my Too first cool. blues band that I got into. And I suppose I was probably, I don't know, maybe... I don't know, late teens. <laughs> I can't even wow, remember. Yep. So long ago. I've been yep. with the Rams, with Michelle now for ooh, over 30 years. Ooh, it's gone wow, back some. Wow, 30 yeah, years. Yeah. Over yeah, 30. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And isn't she just a queen? She's oh, just she's so great. beautiful Michelle and such a great Michelle voice. Michelle and Flo, yeah, you know. They're, they're, yeah. I love them. Love them. They're like, yeah. they're like my... Yeah, they've been there for me for for so for, for so many things, but musically, it's been always fun with with Michelle. We've got so many yeah. stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you, you could what? imagine, yeah. <laughs> well, have you got have you got a funny story? For oh, I've us got there, plenty George. of funny stories, but I'm not sure if they're you know PG. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm sure that we can. Oh work yeah, okay. That. Well, you know, you can censor <laughs> out what you need to. Just you know. <laughs> But yeah, look, with Michelle, we did a lot of because Michelle, um, obviously, uh, we did a lot of gigs with bikey clubs, etc. Mm-hmm. And so there were quite a few, um, all sorts of stories that, that kind of like happened. But funny enough, one of the because I one of the funniest acts or gigs I've ever done mm-hmm. was, and it was funny. I'm not sure whether I should divulge which band it was. It wasn't with Michelle. Maybe, maybe I should keep the names out of it. So they're not. Yeah. Maybe keep the name. No, out. Keep the names out. <laughs> anyway, it was in Canberra. I was playing bass funny enough. So I wasn't on guitar. I was on bass and we're in Canberra. And before the gig, the band leader turned around and said, how about you fellas? What about we do some acid for the gig tonight? <laughs> <laughs> some LSD. Because he oh, had some, oh, or someone was given to him. Oh, I was just like, no. I was just like, hey, what the hell, you know? Hey, what the hell? Yeah. How bad can it be? <laughs> so, that that's a leading question. That is, yeah. how bad can it be? How bad can it be? So, how bad was it? <laughs> yeah. And so there were four of us. There were two guitarists, a drummer, and myself. And one of the guitarists had it, and the other guitarist didn't. The drummer did have it also, and myself. So there was just one guitarist that was not on the train the rest of us were cruising down to wherever we were gonna go <laughs> strap yourselves in it's gonna be a hell of a night you know i think so yeah yeah it's a what's that for anyway virginia Woolf. but anyway um we ended up like you know of course it takes like at least an hour or more we ended up we went it was the old canberra inn that's right the old mm-hmm. canberra inn so we had to drive down there and we had to set up the PA and that. Every, everything's fine, you know, because it hadn't kicked in as yet. And then sure enough, we start the first song. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and all the lights would go off and they put these like you know these weird ass like you know those lights that they have in discos that like you know like flash and move around their yeah, colors yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're really like even when you're not on acid they're sort of like <laughs> disorienting and like holy shit what's going on looking you imagine if like all of a sudden we just like oh shit here we go and we're starting <laughs> the first song and straight away it's just like holy moly and oh, sure dear. enough, I turn around and, uh, you know, I'm feeling all of that sort of like goosebumps and all of that sort of stuff that happens when, it, you know, when the drugs sort of like starting to kick in and I turn around to the drummer and obviously it's kicking in for him too. And he looks at me, we make eye contact and sure enough, we just start laughing uncontrollably, <laughs> just hysterically. Just, and we just, couldn't, we don't know what's funny. I don't know, but we're just pissing ourselves and we're playing this song and just pissing ourselves. And then sure enough, the other guitarist who also has taken it, he's looking at us and sure enough, we make eye contact with him. Guess what happens? He's in on it. Too. He starts like, laughing. Oh, my. And we, just had to, and we just had to stop looking. We could not look at each other for the rest of the gig. Because we, we just, every time we did, we just would start laughing. That sounds like it would have been a long three hours. Oh, it was hilarious. But, yeah, it was. I had instances of out-of-body experiences. Oh, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was, it was quite intense. Oh, Not that it I'd sounds want to like do a lot of fun. In a hurry, but no. part of me is curious. Yeah. And what about the, the guitarist that didn't have anything? Well, he would have been just yes, looking at you I was, guys I was going. about to get to our, our Mr. Straight, the straight man. So he, yeah. he was basically. And just, you know who you are. Yes. He was basically <laughs> just there in the corner looking at it, just shaking his head, just <laughs> shaking his head, just going. And I'm sure he was probably going as well. But, you know, it was just yeah. like, oh, well. Tuttering. And all I could say is, well, mate, you had your chance. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> And did you guys do more gigs as a band after that? Oh, yeah, we did. Um, yeah, yeah, no, we did. Yeah. And to this day, whenever I mention with those other two people, or even, even the straight man, even if I mention, and I have seen them all since and we're still all good mates. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we always good have to a hear. very, very big giggle about it, you know. It's a great, oh, it's a great. Memory. Well, at least, you can, at least you can remember it. That's the oh, thing. Oh, it's, it was so intense. I don't think I'll ever forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you been to any gigs where you were playing and the audience was just so out of control, you're just looking at them going, I'm enjoying the show more than playing? Oh, well, I must admit, and it's really funny that um, sometimes the most, the rowdiest gigs are the smallest gigs. (laughs) Oh, Uh, really? Yeah, so uh, this is probably going back maybe a year or in the last six months a year, I was doing a gig with uh, Matt Ross and the, and the Mavericks down at um, the Baxter's Baxter Inn on a Sunday. They've changed that format now, unfortunately. They've put their own house band in there and they just get a guest in. So so the whole, you know, so if Matt Ross went and did it now, he'd, and I think he has, he goes in there and they, he plays with the Mason Brothers and, and uh, Warren Trout, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the house band. But it's like... But, Matt's got his own stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, and doing that with a pickup band isn't going to work. So, but anyway, when we did it um, as a full band and we were rocking the joint, Ed Rodriguez on drums, myself, I was on bass and Matt was on, on cool. guitar. And, yep. and there's no stage or anything. And it's just a very dark whiskey bar, you know, underneath, yep. underneath the, underneath ground level. And we were just, it was 
pumping. It was just, we were just really in the pocket. And it got to the point, so many people were dancing that there was like this woman, she was just basically dancing up against my back and pushing me up against my ass that I, <laughs> that I had to basically almost like kind of put my hip against my amp so she didn't push me over and ed was just like looking at me the drama ed was just looking at me and just laughing and man i thought she was about to push your enemy bro <laughs> and really and i was just like, just like pedaling this just hitting these huge like big bass notes and she's just like going, yeah just pushing me even harder <laughs> so yeah and, and it's and, it, and it's a, such a high because you know you can just sense that like everyone's just really really in the same digging it yeah they're really in the same frame of mind you know the same energy levels everyone's feeling the love you know the love of music oh that's what you want isn't it yeah and it is it's 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 enthralling yeah so from uh so you're still in michelle's band yes you've had your little offshoot your offshoot bands so what would some of those be so I, I also play with Fran Little in Big Mama and the Charm Offensive. Okay, she changed the name. Well, yeah. So it's a it's a new, so we've got Aiden Glover now on bass. Although sometimes okay. he switches to guitar and I jump up on bass. And we uh-huh. also have Alison Penny, who's on going to yep. be on keys. We still have Ed. Nice. On, yeah, we still have Ed on drums, of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, other and so I also play with Matt Ross. Um, I play bass for him in the. Matt mm-hmm. Ross and the Mavericks. I also play um, guitar with Alison Penny and the Moneymakers. Yes. Uh, I also play guitar with the Marvelous Heart, which is um, a band that Craig Lyons, Captain Blue Tongue from um, Blues Preachers, is in, or it's his band. And um, I also I also also uh, have the well, run the Rocks and Jam every Thursday at Miss Seely's. Ah, That's yes, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, mm. I've been running that for about over a year and a half now, I think. Oh, nice, yeah, no, nice. Not, not quite a year and a half, but, yeah, we, May last year we started up at Miss Seelys. It all started like oh, probably about eight years ago when I first started oh. it way back at the Roxbury Hotel, yeah. Wow, I did that not was, know that. Yeah, that was a long time. That's how – that's that's from – it was through that jam that I met a lot of people that I'm still friends with today, like the Glovers, Dave, Sue, Aiden, and their son, Aiden, mm-hmm. um, and um, a lot of other people that came down were like Wayne Rigby came down and um, uh, trying to think of his name, Dan Moore, um, Pat Powell. We ended up, we were getting like 100 people down to that jam on a Tuesday night. The and original, that's only that a small was the original, joint too. Yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that was a big joint, the, the Roxbury Hotel. This oh, the Roxbury, got, I bet. Yeah, when we, yeah. We, originally way back then, it was big enough to accommodate 100 people. Um, but, yeah. um, so uh, the last, uh, so more recently, we Paul Blasi, the, the owner of um, Miss Seelys, he, yeah, yeah. he asked me whether I'd be interested in resurrecting it at Miss Seelys on a Thursday. I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And so I immediately yeah. asked Ed if he could um, – if you could uh, be in the house band and yeah, and with Paul, we set up the house band and we set up a new, new format where we have a new special guest every week. Nice. And, and um, we've had some amazing guests last week. We had Gail Page, mm-hmm. who you probably have heard of, I'm sure. Yes, Christine. yes, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, we've had Adam Pringle a couple of times, Bad Ray Beetle, um, Clayton Dolly, and you know we're always getting some really great 
great guest and artist and and everyone's loving it. we had krista hughes even from um, machine gun fellatio yeah yeah oh. uh and it's cool. and it's always a great vibe and we have a lot of regular regular jammers who come down and and everyone loves it and it's this really beautiful community um and everyone looks out for one another and everyone's super positive and super supportive and and we get people from all over the world coming down we, we've had people from brazil oh, cool. israel um china all over the place and they all love the blues and they all love the jam and they've been many times they keep coming back and i'm glad how that. good is that how good is that oh well, that's is. a feather that's a feather in your cap there George. Oh, it, 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 I, I really love the community that we've built there and and in a way I, I feel as if via this community and the building of connecting more of these communities because the other musical community that's sprouting up on the north side is greg noonan's little uh, jam community yes, like the bandits yes. of blues community he's um doing a great job of fostering there and and the thing is recently um we've sort of like connected and we by merging what we're both doing it's sort of like hey we've we actually can get a lot of stuff done we could actually do stuff that revitalizes the scene because if you've got a community large enough so by combining the community i've managed to develop plus the community he's managed to develop we actually started to kind of talk about things you know enough numbers to get stuff happening you know what i'm very excited about that so and are we. Let, please let me know if you do because I i'll have you both both on and uh, we can talk about that Absolutely. that would be to, yeah. you know for the for the scene in music in general in australia in sydney that would mm. be just what we need oh, i think absolutely and it's it's really almost, what it's almost we need. as if i feel as if it's really strange it's it's, it's only now that i've like past the half century mark that i can see that the best way to achieve things is collectively. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. And and the greater that collective is mm -hmm. and the greater the passion and desire that they all have, the mm -hmm. more you can accomplish. And absolutely. And, and and I and I feel as if that's really the key to why New Orleans and music work so well. Yes. Because they've yeah. done they've been doing that now for well, over a century you know yeah that's why yeah. you know and that's why they felt really really um let down by you know the bush government after uh, katrina right yeah, they, they God, were that really, was just a mess yeah and a lot yeah. of that was to do with because you do that whole area that was flooded and it's like one of, yeah. it's one of the highest concentration of black and hispanic americans yes Isn't yeah. that, oh, that was just um a terrible terrible time and i couldn't imagine oh, and uh, it, going through that yeah and it's you and it's funny enough that's really covered in that that um series that i mentioned earlier tremaine yes. where, it, where tremaine, it's yeah. that's all set post katrina and and it really mm -hmm. was a mess and they were just like seriously these these people were just left to drown it was yeah. horrible it was just horrible yeah. Just a shame, yeah. shame, 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 shame. But positively, going back <laughs> to what Greg and I, are, like we're, we're, we're talking about like doing things like super jam cruises on the harbour um, where we Wouldn't can't. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, you know, things that, you know, really will do more to inspire people, more to kind of get people out and kind of just, you know, we need more activities. We need more 
reasons to get people out of the house because surely everyone's watched everything that's on Netflix by now. I have. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you can only watch, you can only watch Archer so many times. Oh, that's it. That's it. So, George, how did you find being hit with being a working musician, Mm. being hit with COVID? And I know that you and, well, I know Fran did on, please correct me if I'm wrong, that you guys did kind of like a lounge room thing? We, we did a, uh, we did, I think it was called um, Live from the Big Chair. We did That's some, it. yeah. That's it, yeah, yes. We did some live, um, I forget what it's called, streaming, yes. yes. Live video yes, streaming, yes, 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 yeah. yeah, we did a bit yeah. of that. Just, yeah. to, just just try and keep ourselves sort of like yeah. know, in in the music in the game way. somewhat, you yeah. know, and to see each other mainly as well. We were all a bit yeah. lonely, I guess. Oh, definitely. I know I was at one point. But yeah. um, now from that being, uh, you know, when we are all locked down and stuff, yeah. did you find that a creative time for you especially or not really, like as in writing music or instrumentals, for example? Yeah, I, I, I did. I did do some writing and I did some collab uh, collaborations with other people also, but I must admit that um, I did spend a lot of it just reading and doing other mundane things that then I suppose all of us were doing, you know, it was, it was hard to find the inspiration I found just because there was not as much activity in life. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess cerebrally, there was some creativity, but not the same sort of exciting creativity that yeah, you get right. from ordinary life. Um, yeah. It was a bit more melancholy. Yeah, right, yes. Yeah. yeah. Because right. part of it was also frustration that we all felt being oh, stuck yes. in and locked down and, and, you know, anger and disappointment when you know, we got locked down again because... Because, yes. you know, they wouldn't lock down the eastern suburbs, so we all suffered the consequences of, <laughs> oh, it's just so frustrating and glad it's, oh, and, God, shut the hell up. Oh, stop saying Oh, look, it was just. Stop blaming I, the I, health minister. Stop blaming this. Yeah, stop blaming, just, right. For Christ's sake, the buck stops with you, and it did in the end, didn't it? Thank God. Yes, well, <laughs> it did. You know, I, I still can't quite believe that that's happened in my lifetime. I know. It, it was. It's just. Horrendous. It was it was very difficult. I remember at the time when I did the last gig, it was with the Marvellous Hearts. We were down at uh, the vault down in Port Kembla. Mm-hmm. And this was in the February 2020, just before the lockdown was announced, the very first lockdown. Yeah. And all we had at the time were reports of what was happening in China and Italy, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, yes. And all I remember is looking up and down the main street of Port Campbell and it mm-hmm. was deserted, not yes. a soul. And I'm just going, what the hell is going on? And that's when yeah. you're just thinking, oh, it's like a movie almost. It's like surreal. Absolutely. And it absolutely really was. surreal. And it was yeah. really surreal. And what's more, because of that, that un well the the disbelief the how unreal everything was it, mm. it it enabled a lot of misinformation and conspiracy theories i suppose to start yeah, cropping up true. that we all sort of like were subjected to at first and we didn't know what to believe and 
and all of that was very confusing. And, and if you saw like deep, you know, it was a rabbit hole. If you went down that rabbit hole, you'd mm. never come out. And unfortunately, yeah. I, I saw a lot of friends and people that I knew go down that rabbit hole over the course of COVID. Wow. And some haven't come out somehow. And that oh, was also, wow. that was very sad as well. Like the mental aspect of it just, and I feel as if this is something that we need to be careful as, as, a, as, as a whole Society, civilization yeah. needs to be mm. careful of this because what we've unleashed with social media has so much power over us and oh, that, yes. that we've just seen that misinformation can really cause some, some really great evils. Yeah, you know? I agree. Totally it can inspire agree. some incredibly evil things to happen, and and I'd hate for that. And and it's really strange that a lot of things happen one after the other, sort of thing. Is like Trump got elected, <laughs> you know, Brexit <laughs> happened, <laughs> Boris got elected, yeah, Scott Morrison got elected, and then damn COVID, like Christ, like geez, we just, you know, what other punch was going to hit us? Yeah, right. Oh, it was just, um, I think, you know, let's just all hope and pray that never, ever happens yeah, again. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope you so. Know? Yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. So now um, we were just talking a moment ago about you do uh, writing some music now. Sure. I, I don't quite know you as a singer. Have you? Do you do some singing there, George? I, no? I do. I do do some singing. Uh, I haven't really committed my voice to recordings much, apart from some backing vocals. But I do mm-hmm. sing live. I, I, I suppose part of that is because I mainly just sing covers. Right. Yeah. But, okay. um, yeah, no, I, I enjoy having a good sing and, and it's something that has taken me a while to um, get. Look, I suppose it comes down to early early trauma. You know, when right. I was younger, I used to love to sing and then, unfortunately, uh, I sung in front of people who I thought were my friends and they made fun of me. And, oh, and yeah, and it's really hard to come back from that when people that claim to be your friends do that too. Yeah, you know, you know, I, you understand now that that was jealousy, right? Well, I, I'm not sure what it was, but all I know is I shouldn't have listened to it and I shouldn't have paid any no. attention to it. That's really no. what I should have done. But back then, it's it's hard when you're young and and you you crave that that acceptance and uh, from, from other people, especially your friends, right? Yeah, yeah, but, you yeah. know, part of that is also that whole alpha male Aussie blokey thing, you know. Yeah, you know yeah. that sort of like oh, I need to cut you down and make myself feel a bit better about myself. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. that's that's a real Aussie <laughs> tradition, isn't it? And I can't and wait for that uh, to be killed off. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that's so wrong. Oh, it is. so wrong. So I want to get back to music yeah. that you have yeah. written there, George. Uh yeah, I've I've written main instrumental stuff. Main okay, instrumental. well. I would like to now listen to a track that you have sent me. Yes. And it's an instrumental and it's called? I have tentatively titled it Pad Pando. Yet if any of your listeners have a better suggestion for what it should be titled, please let me know. Email me at (laughs) – well, send me a a private message on it on Facebook. On Facebook. (laughs) That's fine. But I'm I'm open to any suggestions. Okie doke. We'll just take one moment and we will listen to Pad Pando.
George, I've got to say that that is a fantastic track and I didn't expect anything less from you. Too kind, Crystal. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you know, you give credit where credit is due and I think, um, like I said, that moment down at the Vol Bald Face Stag, now that must be about six or more years ago and mm. I, I heard you and I just went, I didn't know you could do that with a guitar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. there's a lot of things you could do with the guitar. <laughs> I didn't know you could make it sound like oh. honey. 
Oh, and and that's, that's what I think, uh, how you oh, play it you. sounds. And oh, you know what? And you know the other thing that when I was uh, introduced to you, I think it was by Keith and Tanya or oh, I don't know who, it might have been them. I just went, yeah, wow, what a great guy. Just, oh. um, just so laid back and so generous and so warm and genuine. No, you haven't seen me behind the wheel. <laughs> No, I'm always in a hurry. It's because I'm always in a hurry. Are you? <laughs> well, I'm usually running late to something. Are you? Oh, I, I am that sort of a guy. But now, yeah, no, I, thank you for being so. Thank you for all your beautiful, kind words, Chris. Ah, uh, they're all true. They're all true, and thank Thanks. you. Now, um, I do have a question because I have seen on several occasions you play barefoot. Now, is that not in a while? Not in a while. <laughs> Not in a while, but yeah, I have thought about bringing yeah. it back. Yeah. I, now I'm just curious: is that because that is more comfortable, or because uh, you feel the beat of the music better, the vibe of the music better? You know, what is it? What is it for you? It, it well, to be honest with you, it did start with just comfort. <laughs> Right. It's just more comfortable to just um, turn up at a gig with my thongs on, mm-hmm. and then and I always thought that it just looked a bit bogan to get up with thongs on the stage, <laughs> so I just kicked them off. Yeah, right. So, yep. so that's how it started. So it actually started just basically me being lazy, oh, too lazy God. to put shoes and socks on, and it was really warm, I believe. So I, think it I was too. did that, and 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 I just kicked my thongs off side of stage, and I played, and what I found was I could actually sense the beat and the music and just I could sense more through my feet. Well, actually, I've found that too. Like, I've and too. yeah, and it's, it, it's, it's not something like, not some new age hippie bullshit. It's like no. you can empirically do it. Like absolutely take your shoes off and go bare. Yeah, I suppose you could leave your socks on if you're that way inclined, but, you know, I'm not that sort of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to take my socks off. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love so, it. So, yeah, and, and I think the first time I did it, wherever it was, it was on a pretty decent stage. So most decent stages should have some resonance. Yes. And so you could actually feel, especially the kick and all the low notes. Yes. And, I just, and that's to me is the pulse. And, you know, recently I saw Ray Beadle give a, um, a really pretty good master class at 301 Studios for Tasman Guitars. And, and he, someone asked him about, what about rhythm? And he was like, the pulse. He goes, man, that's everything. The yeah. pulse is everything. If there's no pulse, then you're not really making music, and that's no I, truer words have been spoken. <laughs> I kind of agree with that, yeah. Absolutely, you know. And it, I remember years ago when Jackie Orzaski, you remember when he used to have that legendary Tuesday residency? It used to be at the Rose of Australia, then he moved yep. it to the at Newtown RSL Club. Yes, yes, yes. And I used to go religiously to that, as did many other. I remember seeing, you know. Ilias Freck there amongst, you know, Adam, a whole bunch, a whole, everyone, everyone would go yeah, there. Yeah, the yeah. musos hang. And afterwards, we would all go up to the townie, up the road, the yeah. town hall hotel in Newtown. And so would Jack. Jack was as he would say. And I just would sit there and I was going through a, a really big, steep learning curve. I discovered Victor Wooten and I'd gone through a lot of his instructional stuff. And one of the points he kept making was rhythm. It's all about the rhythm. <laughs> okay. And that's and I took that to Jack and I was like, Jack, man, I'm just like Jackie. I just 
oh man, I've realized something that I really, I wish I'd known ages ago. He was, what's that? You know, what's that? What's that? Like, man, it's, um, it's rhythm is more important than pitch. He looked at me, no, no, man, no, 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 man, melody, man, you need melody. I was like, no, man. I said, no, 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 Jack, like, hear me out, hear me out. He was yeah. very like, no, no, because he's you know, a teacher, music teacher, and he can't like say that no, rhythm's everything. Yeah. And I just said to him, hear me out, man. Like, seriously, if you've got a guitarist in your band and, okay, they're going to hit the right notes, right, but they're going to hit them out of time. Or you've got some guy there, he's not actually hitting any notes. He's just doing a chaka 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 But, mm. man, that rhythm is so infective. You want to dance to it. Now, which guy do you want in your band? He's like looking at me and he's like, but no, no, man. But no, no, no. <laughs> just, but yeah, like I, I, I must admit that, that was that was a big, um, a, a big step for me realizing that because I feel as a guitarist we focus too much on playing solos, oh, especially well. jammers, guitarists that are jamming. They think that every song that you play is basically a blues song where you just strum these chords waiting for your chance to solo and shine. Yes, yep. And, and that's and, that's and a little problem, I think. That's a huge it, problem because you Especially when they solo over the singer. Oh, well, there's that, there's that. But what the problem is, in order to get good at soloing, you need to be good at playing rhythm. rhythm. And yes. if you haven't practised how to play rhythm, how do you expect to be good at doing a solo? Your rhythm's going to suck. Why? Because you haven't been practicing your rhythm. And a lot of that came about from me learning to be, well, becoming a bass player and, and really trying to be really uh, conscious of my rhythm and where I'm placing the notes. Right. And from there, when I would go back to the guitar, I was super conscious of my placement of chords where I'd be hitting things. And it made me a better rhythm guitar guitarist mm -hmm. and i went through a stage of only wanting to play rhythm guitar oh, in all you? the bands oh and to this day like in, in ali penny's band like because matt ross who's a brilliant guitarist himself fantastic soloist um he he i just let him do all the soloing and i'm on rhythm wow because I, I love playing yeah rhythm is where it's at well that that's yeah where, i was gonna ask that question what people do you prefer to, to, yeah Oh, I, I love playing all parts of music, but for me, playing bass is mm. brilliant for, for, to getting people to dance. Yes. And playing rhythm guitar is the same thing, you know. And it's, uh, I, I, you know, once you jettison that ego and you realise that you're always, whenever you're making music, it's to serve the song. Yeah, yeah. You accomplish great things. And it's not about the number of notes you play. It's about where you place them and making sure that they're the right ones or as close to it as you can get. Yeah, and be yeah. place them musically in time because, you know, music is the only, you know, it's, it's a temporal art form, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it, it relies on, on time and yeah. it is totally time-based. So, therefore, good time makes for good music. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, George, I think that um, you're doing a great thing with this uh, blues, blues, rocks and blues, is it? The rocks and jam. The rocks, rocks and jam at Miss Sealy's every Thursday night in Ashfield. And yeah, I think everyone, should, yeah, I think everybody should get down there and um, and support and maybe get up and have a sing or a jam as well. And uh, we encourage all. We encourage all, all styles, not just blues, whatever you oh, no. want. All styles. Actually, yeah, that yeah, was we're, uh, we're one not... more question. It, sure. What is your favourite genre? Oh, you know, I, I think 
it's hard for me to answer that because as a musician, I feel that I would like to be great at all genres, really. That's the dream of every musician, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd really love to be able to pick up a classical guitar and, and play some Segovia or, <laughs> and be able to pick up a violin and rattle off some Paganini. Yeah. Oh, you know, and pick <laughs> oh the piano. I'd love to be able to play the piano and play some Rachmaninoff. Yeah. Oh, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, I can only do so much in the limited time that I have to live. Yeah. But um, but I, I would say that I, I it comes down to what Duke Ellington said, which he said, you know, there's only two types of music, good and bad. Hmm. And and then he actually suffixed it with with and I like both, and it's sort of like that. Mm-hmm. I will listen to anything. I've listened to all sorts of stuff, experimental noise music, SPK, one of the first noise bands that were Australian band. Have you heard of them? SPK. Yeah, I have actually. I have yeah, yeah, this. SPK. I actually know one of the one of the members, Dom Gearan, if he's listening. Oh, cool. But yeah, and he's still and he's still making this noise music stuff. And I've gone over to his place and recorded this experimental noise stuff with him. Wow. I've been yeah, I'm on his album. I mean, you see there, I've got it here in front of me. It's called Normalization of Response. And actually, Ed Rodriguez is on it as well. It's by Tone Generator and the Body Without Organs. So I love all styles. I cannot pick one. I guess Mm -hmm. I have a preference, Mm -hmm. and that's only because I dabble in this stuff, and it's blues and jazz, Mm -hmm. but I love funk. I dabble in funk as well and Mm -hmm. rock and some pop. But, you know, I'll give anything a crack. I'll have a go. I'll have a go. Like it, one one of the things I did do during COVID was I bought myself a classical guitar because I didn't have a good classical guitar, good. and I sat down and started teaching myself some Bach pieces oh. on solo guitar. Yeah, 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 like Air on the G String and and um, you know all of these classical pieces that I just love. I really love classical music, especially Bach. Yeah, you know, yeah, Bach and Chopin. Both Bach and Chopin are just they were very very big for me. Classic, you know, the classical genre. Yeah. Um, and I and Liz and to a lesser degree, but Hayden, you know, uh, Beethoven. Yeah. You could go on oh, and on and I on, love, couldn't I love you? Beethoven as well, but Bach just had this incredible, amazing, and like the guy, like I read a biography of his life. He really had some bad luck man he had like 18 kids half of more than half of them died he went through two wives oh my god yet, yeah yeah absolutely one of one of his wives died while he was off like on on a work thing where he had to go and install or test some newly installed organ in some church right and he came back to find out his wife's dead oh no yeah yeah and yet That's he was pretty unfortunate one- Oh, and he was still writing these songs of praise the Lord and praise thee, Jesus, and all. Wow, eh? Right. That's a love you know, of the music, I think. It, it really was. It really was. Mm. He, he, it was his soul redemption, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, it has some incredible emotional impact. Yeah. And, <laughs> and have you ever given guitar lessons, George? I have, I have, and I, I, I occasionally do, but I don't regularly. In fact, I try and and. and refer them to people who actually know what they're doing (laughs) (laughs) people like simon kinney laws he's a really great guitar teacher matt ross also teaches and a few others do but yeah i don't generally do that because part of the problem i have found is that whenever i have taught um people just aren't interested in doing the practice between the weekly lessons and i feel as if i keep repeating the same lesson and I just feel as if it's unfair on them. Right. And I just 
kind of say, look, it's not really working out. Because part of the, I think part of the deal of being a teacher to a student is, you know, I will teach you something, but you need to be practicing. Absolutely. And if I'm teaching you stuff and you're not doing anything with it, then it feels as if it's a hollow exercise. Yes. And we yes. can both be spending our time doing something else rather than having this little weird, awkward thing that we do every week. <laughs> But we all go, oh, only uh, excuses made why you haven't practiced. And then I kind of go, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, here, let's go over it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it know, gets somewhat frustrating too, wouldn't it? And it does. And it, and it's just, and I've spoken to other, you know, names withheld here to protect yeah. the innocent. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, where, you know, they kind of go, oh, man, how many times do I have to show them that decode? You know, something like that, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and I know that frustration because, it, it, you know, part of me is like, come on, man, it's not that hard. You know, it's, it is, yeah. it's music. It is, it, you know, it, it is quite a bit difficult, but with a bit of practice, if that's all it takes, it's just a little bit of practice. That's and right. sometimes it's as little as 10 minutes a day, you know, mm. and, and then eventually if you just do 10 minutes a day, then maybe the next week it'd be 20 minutes a day. Yeah. And then and you then get to all... a point where it feels so good you won't want to stop. Absolutely, absolutely. I got to a point during COVID there where my fingers were like literally just about bleeding because I just thought, I'm just enjoying this so much. Exactly. What a lovely yeah. way to like, you know. Pass time. Yeah. Pass time and meditate on something that just keeps you, keeps you away from your, from your everyday stresses. And isn't it amazing that here you have an inanimate object Mm. A bit of wood with some strings, and we can make them sing. Really? Yeah, and it's well, and it's you basically in, you in this and case. When you think about it, it's all just air vibrating. Yeah, that's all music is. It's just air vibrating to certain patterns. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. And if you want to go even further, it's basically just you know atoms rotating. Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just And there and there really is this almost like mystical angle to music that that, you know, like if you only kind of go into Indian classical music and and all of the Tibetan music, etc. Mm -hmm. There is mysticism in music. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's been used to heal, you know, it's it's used in by Tibetan monks. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, certain tones that are meant to be able to clear and in, in the Indian ragas, etc. It's meant to be a healing resonance. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I totally and and it, and it all is meant to be, and it, traditionally, it's all meant to be played live, and it's meant to be this energy flow between the performers and and the audience. Yeah, well, let me tell you, George, I reckon that finding the blues jams back in the day that certainly saved me. I'm so glad. Yeah, it saved certainly gave me back <laughs> life. Doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I think you're a big part of that. So I really am so pleased that uh, you're on the show with me and speaking on these subjects and being so free and easy and just so I'm, nice. I'm just, I'm just so humbled to be asked. Thank you so much, Crystal. I can't well, believe we've just been chatting for 90 minutes or more. I know. You know what? Because that's what great musos can do. Oh, it's always and you're good in that, that and you're in that level. A great you can music. Just, you can talk about music forever, can't you? You know what? I absolutely can. Absolutely. There, yeah, there's just same. so many questions. Like I could 
just keep <laughs> asking and asking and asking. Oh, and I could, and I could keep talking and talking and keep asking more <laughs> questions myself. It's just great. I love it. Yeah. You know what? I would love to have you back uh, at some point in the future. Absolutely, yeah. I'd love to be back. Oh, thank you, George. Thank you. So we can look forward to you performing somewhere soon? Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'd be be somewhere in Sydney. I've got some gigs coming up all over the place. So where could people find you? Do you have – you've got your social media. Do you have a paid, like a musician page? Yeah, I must admit I'm I'm a bit bad with the whole social media thing and – it must be because I'm an angry old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so apart from so I've got the, the, the rocks and jam that I do every Thursday. Occasionally I take a night off and go and do a sneaky gig with Matt Ross and Mavericks at Shaggy Pines, which I will be doing next Thursday on the mm-hmm. 28th. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing with um, the Marvellous Hearts this this weekend, but I'm not sure when this is going to be broadcast. I'm not sure when any of this. It might be a couple of weeks, actually. So, yeah. well, so, so Miss um, Sealy's is probably the best place to catch up with you on yeah, a Thursday you night. Catch up with me at Miss Sealy's, and if you really want to know, you can just send me a DM, Facebook Messenger, and I'll let you know. But yeah, I've, I'm sort of like you know, the Marvellous Hearts got quite a few gigs coming up, and I'm doing. Plenty of gigs at Miss Sealy's. Oh, perfect. Well, I'm sure yeah. everyone will be able to find you there and George will be the cool dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just to I'll let try. us know. You'll know, you'll you'll look and you'll go, oh, yeah, that's George. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> See about that. <laughs> All right, then. Well, we might call it a night here. And once Fantastic. again, thank you so much and I look forward to our next conversation. Same here, Crystal. All thank right. you, George. Cheers. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Bye. And that was the absolutely fabulous George Regardos. Remember, he's going to be down at Miss Sealy's in Ashfield every Thursday night for the Rocks and Jam. You have been listening to Conversations with Crystal. I am your hostess, Crystal. And until next week, when I bring you another fabulous guest, please stay safe, stay happy, stay cool, and stay awesome. And don't forget, Please stay tuned to this channel. Good night.